In late October, Kanye West released an album that was unlike any of his other albums. It was a big hit. It topped the charts in five different categories, which is history making. All 11 songs made the Hot 100 of the most popular songs in the United States. Millions of people who'd never heard of Kanye listened to his music for the first time and it became kind of a buzzy cultural moment. Why? The album was called Jesus is King. Now, if you know Kanye, that might surprise you a little bit. If you don't know Kanye, let me tell you why that might be a little bit surprising and unexpected. See, Kanye West is a hip-hop superstar that's crossed over into pop fame. I mean, he's produced a number of songs that you may have heard at some point. You may have heard of him because of his music, but more likely, you've heard of him for what he's done outside of music. The less famous, the more infamous. He's married to entrepreneur and reality TV star Kim Kardashian. Y'all are acting like you don't keep up with the Kardashians. They're billionaires for a reason. And one of his most infamous moments came when he interrupted America's sweetheart, Taylor Swift, at an award show. Uh, I'm gonna let you finish, but, right? And what he said was another artist deserved the award more than she did. Recently, you may have heard him with some sound bites that are polarizing, controversial. You may agree, you may disagree, but he can be a very polarizing figure. Now, Jesus is King is not the first time Kanye's talked about spirituality. He's had a complicated relationship with spirituality throughout his career, but there's one thing that's been very consistent. Kanye is not shy about glorifying Kanye. See, he's fashioned himself as a little bit of a king sitting on a throne. He has a song called I Am A God. He refers to himself often as Jesus, like Jesus with a Y, which makes it a little less blasphemous. And that's who Kanye is. But recently something changed. Something happened. Or maybe I should say someone happened. That's Jesus. Now Christmas is a time where we all can pause and remember Jesus. Remember when Jesus became one of us? Became Jesus, became to live as God with us. But Jesus didn't come so that he could fit in. Jesus came to be the king. And that's what we celebrate this Christmas season. Jesus is king. Now this is a difficult truth for some of us, especially as Americans, because we don't understand what it's like to live under the rule of a king. Heck, our entire country is built around the idea that we ain't gonna have no king. Take that, King George. The Declaration of Independence. Well, think about even our, our phrases, don't tread on me. And here in Texas, we have, come and take it. Well, king changes everything. And if we're honest, are you guys ready to be honest with me? Just a private moment between you, me, people in the video cafe, people watching online, and hundreds of people around the world. Let's just be honest with each other for a moment. We're a little more like Kanye than we care to admit. We don't want a king because we like being the king of our own life. We like to have control. We don't want to get down off our throne 
And here's the thing, it's not even that we have bad things in mind. We're good people. We don't have bad desires. We don't want to harm people. We're not evil. We might even ask for help. It's just that we have plans. We have things we want to do. We have hopes. We have desires. Especially during the holidays. We might be having a crazy Christmas where we're rushing around to knock everything out on that to-do list. And we might be thinking to ourselves, I don't want a king. I want a personal assistant. We might be financially stressed and trying to figure out exactly how we're gonna pay for everything, how all of this is going to come together. And we say, I don't want a king, I wanna sit in Santa's lap and make sure he comes by my house. We might be having relational conflict with our in-laws, with our spouse, with our kids, with our friends, with our coworkers. We don't want a king, we want a steel cage and a referee. We might be pessimistic about what this next year holds. We might be fearful and have a great deal of anxiety about 2020. And in that case, we don't want a king. We want a genie to grant us our wishes and make our resolutions come true. See, even though we want help, we really still want to be king of our lives. And I wanna say here at City Church, what we believe is that Jesus is king, the king, and the way to thrive in your life is to embrace that truth. Now some of you are here today and you don't believe. You don't know where you are in your spiritual journey. You have a lot of questions about everything that's going on and this king talk might sound weird. I understand, you might have just shown up to watch somebody get baptized. But what I want you to know is that's what we believe, that Jesus is king, and acknowledging that is a life-changing moment because a king changes everything. So how will we respond to the king? Well, in the Christian scriptures, there's a number of stories and a number of accounts of how people responded. They answered the question for themselves, how will I respond to the king? And see, in this series, we're gonna be exploring the perspectives of people that were there, people who actually saw Jesus come into this world, people who had to deal with that question, how am I going to respond to the king? Because they're a lot like us. And we're gonna start where his life first began, where God asked two normal people, people like us, to put their life, their hopes, their dreams, their plans, everything on hold for the king. This is what it says. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. See, Mary was troubled because she might have felt like she was in trouble. Why is an angel showing up to see me? She wasn't a particularly special person. She didn't have a high title. She wasn't royalty. Her family wasn't well known. She probably didn't feel like she was special enough to have an angel show up at all. And not to mention this was an important time in her life. See, she was engaged to Joseph to be married. And it's an important milestone in anybody's life, but especially back then, for a young Jewish girl, getting married was a huge milestone in her life. It was all going according to plan. Everything was as it should be. 
It was in place. And so Mary was troubled by the angel's words because when an angel talks to you, things tend to change. And I don't know, but I have a feeling Mary didn't have room in her plans for whatever the angel was gonna say to her. The story continues. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you were to call him Jesus. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? An angel sent by God tells Mary, make room for Jesus. But Mary might not feel like she's highly favored because this is disrupting an important relationship like I talked about. First century marriage was a serious deal, but it was less of a love story and more like a business deal. See, families still arranged marriages, and for the most part, the bride's family paid the groom's family as part of uniting those families together. It wasn't a religious ceremony, it was a ceremony done by local governmental officials, and it was about these families coming together. Again, it was more like a business deal. But for women, marriage was incredibly important because back in the first century, women didn't really have jobs, and they didn't own their own property, they didn't inherit, and so they relied on getting married to a good man from a good family to have the kind of life they wanted. If anything jeopardized that, they could be in an unbreakable cycle of poverty their entire life. Okay, that's a lot, right? And an angel put all this at risk. All this at risk for Mary. And to make it even worse, this was before the marriage was consummated. Mary was pregnant, she became pregnant with a child, and it wasn't Joseph's. Now, times have changed a lot, and thank God they have, right? Times have changed a lot where this wasn't a social problem that they would have seen it as, or a relational conflict. This was a crime, and it was potentially a fatal crime that Mary would have to pay her life if this was true. So she probably didn't feel highly favored. But her perspective changed a little bit when the angel talked about who this child would be. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. This is mind-blowing, history-making, game-changing information. It shatters everything that came before. This is good news, not just for Mary, but for all people. See, the name the angel told her to give, the child Jesus, means the Lord saves. And the Son of God meant that this was the chosen one coming to save all people. You know, the song asked, Mary, did you know? Yes. Mary knew. She knew this was the king. And she was excited about it because it was good news. And so how would she respond? I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. There's a lot of reason that this could go wrong like we talked about. It's a messy situation, a messy situation. Things are messed up, it's difficult. And then an angel tells you you have the responsibility of carrying the Son of God and bringing him into this world. 
that might be overwhelming. But Mary received it. She embraced her role as the mother of Jesus, the King. And I think God chose Mary for a reason. God saw something in her that she probably didn't see in herself. She had qualities that God wanted to pass on to his son, to pass on to Jesus that he could do through Mary. Something Jesus should have. Now it doesn't appear like for Mary this was part of the plan. But Mary's finally starting to see why she's highly favored. See, she's gonna give birth to the chosen one, the savior, the king of kings, the lord of lords, Jesus, the king. And I think her response of receiving Jesus is why God chose her in the first place. She makes room for Jesus. She doesn't make excuses. She doesn't question the angels. She doesn't come up with alternative solutions. She makes room for Jesus, the king. That's what Mary did. And it, it's a difficult situation. It's humble circumstances. It's potentially a lot of conflict that she had to make room in her life for. And she literally physically had to make room in her body for this. And I think this is in the Christian scriptures to inspire us to respond like Mary, to make room for the king. And this Christmas, all of us, no matter who we are, can make room for Jesus the one who saves, Jesus, the king of kings. Even though we might feel overwhelmed with everything that's going on, make room. Even though we might be struggling this holiday season, make room. Even if we have conflict with relatives, with our spouse, with kids, with friends, make room. Even as we're anxious about the next year to come and we don't know what's gonna happen, make room room, even if we're afraid of no longer being king of our own lives, make room for the king. Jesus the king is the king who changes everything. We make room for Jesus because of the kind of king that he was. See, they were all expecting one kind of king and he was totally different than what they were expecting, not like any king who had ever come before. See, most kings take, Jesus gave. Most kings come to conquer, Jesus came to serve. Most, most kings order people to kill for them, Jesus died for us. Most kings command that you will make room for me in your life, and Jesus, our king, made room for us. That's the kind of king he is, and it's a glimpse of the kind of king he grew up to be. Now, he wasn't a baby his whole life, right? He grew up into a man, and he talked about the kind of kingdom that he would have and the kind of king that he would be. And as he started to talk about that, it was unexpected, this upside-down kingdom, and a lot of unexpected people started to follow him. This is how the story goes. Now, the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered to themselves, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. See, Jesus was a friend of the sinners. He socialized and ate with the outcasts. He came for the people who felt lost. 
And Jesus hears their complaints. He hears what the religious leaders are saying. So he takes time to tell a story about the links he'll go to to make room for us and what kind of king and what kind of kingdom he has. He casts this amazing vision with this story. See, there once was a father who had a son he loved, but the son was ready to be king of his own life. His son was ready to get out of there and live on his own terms. So the son asked for a whole bunch of money, and the father gave it to him, and the son left. The son went far, far away from home to live the kind of life he's always wanted to live. He lived a wild life, giving in to all the pleasures that he felt like he was denied. And while far away from home, something bad happened. There was a famine, all the food was gone, and the son had run out of money. So he had to support himself by becoming a servant of someone else. And while he was feeding pigs, while he was in the pig pen, it's also where he slept. Slept. While he was in the pig pen, he was so hungry and so desperate that when he looked at what the pigs were eating, he thought, I would really like to eat that. He wanted pig food. And that moment, when he was low, was a moment that he thought about home. He thought about home because even the servants in his father's house ate well. Even the servants in his father's house were taken care of. Now he was ashamed because of how he behaved and he had no idea how his father would react to him. But he said, he might not love me anymore, but at least I can eat. I'm gonna go home. And he had no idea what to expect. So as he's far away from his father's house, he sees his father coming, running out to greet him. And he thinks, is my dad angry with me? Is my dad ashamed of me? Is he gonna throw me out and never have me back again? But that's not how the father came to him. The father was full of compassion and he came running out to greet his son with open arms. He says, son, you were lost and now you're found. No matter where you are in your spiritual journey, I wanna let you know, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you more than you can ever possibly know. And Jesus, he welcomes you just like the father from the story with open arms. I want you to come back home. See, Jesus makes room and he's the king. The king makes room for us. Will you make room for that kind of king? Can you make room for that kind of kingdom? Well, Kanye did. After this lifetime right, of struggle, these things that we would all look at and say, oh man, I can't believe he did that. I can't believe how he glorified himself. I can't believe how he put himself forward. He made room for the king, Jesus the king. And his decision to believe in Jesus flowed out through him in this album, Jesus is King. And this is what Kanye said about it. Now that I'm in service to Christ, my job is to spread the gospel, to let people know what Jesus has done for me.
Now, you don't have to like him. You don't have to be a fan. You don't have to go listen to his album when you leave here. That's okay. You can still acknowledge what Jesus has done in his life. And one of the things that's really disappointed me is how everyday Christians and most importantly, leaders with these big platforms, highly respected leaders, are questioning if Kanye is a real Christian. Is this for real or is it a marketing stunt? Well, let's wait and see. Let's wait and see what his life looks like before we embrace him. And I wanna tell you, that's not our job. You know whose job it is? It's the king's job. Because I promise you, if we applied that standard to us, me or you, you'd be like, I don't know if John's a real Christian. That's not our job. If you believe in Jesus, if somebody tells you they believe in Jesus, trust them. Trust them, and it doesn't matter who it is, it's me, you, anyone else. And that's not my words. That's not what I believe, that's what Jesus says. He says, I am a king with open arms and my kingdom is one of open arms. Jesus the king makes room for all people. And that means here at City Church, we make room for all people. It doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter where you came from, you are welcome here. We're for all people here. And you are welcome with open arms. Not because we're cool, not because we're trendy, not because it makes people excited, because that's who Jesus is. I was researching this and I read a lot of Kanye interviews and listened to some music. I wanna share this quote with you because it sounds so much like the lost son from the story that I told. For me, for Kanye to come back home, to say to God, I tried it my way, it's not working out. Everything is in shambles. I'm ending up in debt, making this money, but still ending up in debt. My public standing is in shambles. I'm not in good shape. I'm having ups and downs with my health, people calling me crazy, people not wanting to sit with me. I had to just give it up to God. Kanye West, yeah. He made room for Jesus the King. Will you? And this is how I'm asking you to make room this Christmas. If you haven't believed in Jesus, you make room by believing in Jesus. Again, we have a bunch of people all across in their, in their spiritual journey, and you might not get everything, but you don't have to get everything to believe in something. You don't have to get everything to believe in someone. And this is what you're believing in, this is what you put your faith in that Jesus came to earth through the Virgin Mary and he lived a sinless life where he welcomed the sinners, where he welcomed the people who felt lost, where he welcomed the outcast, and he welcomed us so much that he died on the cross for our sins with his arms wide open. Come to me. But that's not the end of the story. Three days later, he was resurrected from the dead to show that he and only he has the power over life and death. And when you believe in Jesus, that's what you're believing in. And the king that you believe in will give you eternal life that only he possesses. 
So we're gonna take a moment and a little bit, we're gonna pray, and I wanna ask you to pray with me if you're, right, if you're there in your journey. If you're not there in your journey, it's okay. Keep coming, keep exploring, keep asking questions. Now for some of us, we believed in Jesus, but maybe we feel far away. Maybe we feel lost. Maybe we're here, maybe you're here, and you might feel like you can't go back home. And I wanna tell you the way that you can make room for Jesus is to do that, coming back home. See, for some of us, you might be feeling like God let you down, like Jesus failed you. He didn't answer your prayers. He wasn't there for you when you needed him, and so you ran away from home. You went far away. For some of us, someone in the church hurt you, a religious leader like myself or someone else, they hurt you, and they judged you, and they pushed you away, and you felt like the only way to get away from those toxic people was to run away from Jesus, was to run away from home. Maybe for you, you're here, and you're just mad at God. You're anxious, you're afraid, you're depressed. Maybe you just wanna live life on your own terms and you've gone away to try to heal this pain. You've turned to everything that you possibly can to heal this pain, to fill this void inside of you. And you walked away, went away from home. And here's what I wanna tell you. No matter where you're at, no matter what you've done, no matter where you are in your life right now, you don't need to be ashamed, Jesus is calling you home. And like the father in the story, he's waiting for you with open arms. He's not gonna send you away, he's going to embrace you. So no matter why you may have walked away, whether you're in your lowest moment right now, or whether you just walked away yesterday and gave up, I'm asking you to make room for the king by coming back home. And like the father says in the story, you may feel lost, but I promise you, today you can be found. That's who Jesus is. Make room for the king. Make room for Jesus the king because he makes room for us. Let's pray. God, for some people here, We've never, they've never believed in you, Father. They've never believed and, and they're questioning and they're not sure what this is, but they feel something different. And if that's you, if you wanna pray this prayer, and I wanna say, if you're not ready, you don't need to. God is still working in your life, you still have questions, but if you feel it, all you need to do to make room for Jesus is pray a simple prayer and say, Jesus, I believe you are the king. There's not a bunch of fancy rituals for you to do. You don't have to clean up your life right now before you come home to the Father. Just come home. Come home to a God who loves you more than you could ever possibly imagine. God, and I pray for people whose faith has been stirred in their heart right now, God. I pray that they can pray that prayer and they can receive the eternal life that only you can give. Now, for those of us who believe no matter where we are, whether we're watching online, watching in the video cafe, watching weeks and weeks later, watching in this room, no matter how lost we feel, I pray 
that we all come back home. Leave the shame at your lowest moment and come back home because there's a, there's a Jesus waiting for you with open arms and an embrace that's more comforting than you can imagine. There's a Jesus that loves you more than you could ever possibly know. Nothing can separate you from his love. Come back home. He's waiting with open arms. Come back home. And no matter where we are in our spiritual journey, we can make room for Jesus this Christmas. And God, as crazy as it is, I'm gonna pray for Kanye. Father, I'm just thankful for what you've done in his story. And may you receive all the glory. And God, I pray that you be with him as he feels like he's in service to you and tells people about what you, Jesus the King, have done for him. In your name, amen.